You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, and thank you for joining us for a mindful moment. There's never been a better time to build your mindfulness skills. Mindfulness not only improves your mental, emotional, and physical well-being, but provides a foundation for remaining calm during stressful challenges and events. Through mindful thoughts and actions, we can do more than just survive life's challenges. We can continue to thrive. The key to becoming more mindful is simply practice. We hope this podcast will provide you with knowledge, inspiration, and motivation. Working together, we can learn and grow from any experience. So, let's get started. At a time when our interrelatedness is extremely obvious, we need mindfulness more than ever. But there are lots of mindless people out there. That's not meant as an insult. It's simply an observation that many people don't recognize that they are not their thoughts and emotions, and they don't fully understand that we are all connected. Mindfulness includes observing ourselves and observing others in a non-judgmental way. Sometimes that's challenging, believe me. But in seeing the number of people crowding trails and beaches over the holiday weekend without wearing masks, I really tried to think about what they were thinking. And I realized that most of these people could still believe that wearing a mask protects them from the virus. I've heard this from people as recently as last week. So, if they don't wear a mask, they think it just affects them. In fact, wearing these cloth coverings doesn't protect us at all from catching the virus. Wearing a mask is to protect the people we come in contact with. I suspect that if a person was hanging out with their friends, shoulder to shoulder, without a mask on, they weren't thinking about making their friends sick. They think that it's an individual choice, a risk that they can choose for themselves. Wearing a mask is actually an act of compassion for others. We wear masks so our spit, not to be indelicate, doesn't hit someone else when we are talking, singing, coughing, or sneezing. If someone sneezes in my face while I'm wearing a mask, I'm not protected from the virus if they have it. And of course, that's the biggest problem that some people don't seem to understand. There are lots and lots of people who have the virus but have no symptoms. They are unknowingly the spreaders. I choose to believe these risky behaviors are not a lack of consideration for others, but just a form of mindlessness. And here's the truth. We can't change other people. We can only change ourselves. So instead of getting upset at other people's behavior, I focus on my own. I wear a mask when I go out. I do my best to stay at least six feet away from others, although that can be almost impossible in a store aisle, I've discovered. So to protect myself and others, I just don't go out much and accept that it's not my job to try to force others to make me comfortable. It is my job to spread mindfulness, so when it's appropriate, I absolutely do. Mindfulness provides me with an effective way to manage my own anxieties and to catch myself when I get too judgy. And yes, I do. All humans judge. But when we're judging others, we're creating our own suffering. Our judgments don't affect those other people. They only affect us. If I get all hot and bothered by people's behavior, whose mood plummets? Whose blood pressure rises? Whose stomach gets upset? Mine. The person not wearing a mask or behaving rudely to a store worker is not upset in the least bit by my judgment. So what is it accomplishing other than to weaken my own immune system? 
It doesn't make much sense, does it? We've been so focused on dealing with all of the anxieties and challenges of the last few weeks, I think it's important to point out that mindfulness isn't just a tool for dealing with negative events. Mindfulness helps us improve good relationships, focus more clearly on whatever we're working on, reduce weight, feel more compassion for others, and more. As we begin to transition back into public and return to our workplaces, you might be interested in how you can spread mindfulness in your communities or companies. So I've invited a guest today to discuss just that. Wendy Kwan is an innovator and leader in training and certifying mindfulness meditation facilitators through her company, The Calm Monkey. Her program is very practical, showing experienced meditators the best practices of how to start and sustain mindfulness in workplaces. She is also a pioneer in combining change management with mindfulness to help people and organizations successfully navigate transitions. She has worked with Google, the government of Dubai, and hundreds of facilitators worldwide, including me. Welcome, Wendy. Hi, thank you, Teresa. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to have you. Most of my listeners wouldn't know this, but I was actually certified through your mindfulness meditation facilitation program. And it really helped me learn how to share mindfulness with people from different backgrounds than what I was accustomed to. So maybe corporate people or uh, people of certain religions or faiths who might have misunderstood that mindfulness is only about a religion or spirituality. So I was wondering if you could share some tips to our listeners on how people can talk about these practices with others. Sure. I mean, I think it's it's pretty typical that once somebody learns about mindfulness and it really helps their state of being, and they can do that through your podcast, so that's great that you're doing that. Okay. They want to start telling other people about it, right? But it's it's really important that people say it in a certain way. Otherwise, it could be misunderstood. So I think a couple of things come to mind. And one is a lot of people think meditation, for instance, is about blanking out your mind and having mm-hmm. just nothing going on. And then when somebody tries meditation for the first time, they realize how busy their mind is. So that's one of the things. But the things that come to mind when, when somebody's talking to somebody else, trying to get other people excited, is they can talk about the, the research. There's so much research out there that really show evidence that it can help with stress and anxiety and depression. Um, and people tend to think about these practices to help with sort of negative things in life. Mm-hmm. It can also work with positive things and help you enjoy things in life mm-hmm. a lot more, right? True. And I, yeah, and I think it's important not to be kind of preachy about it, to say, oh, everybody should do this, because I hear that a lot from people. Yeah. And it's really not a practice for everybody. I think most people can benefit from it, but it's not for everybody. There are some risks about it, too. If somebody has some past, mm-hmm. past trauma that hasn't been dealt with, um, we need to be careful about that. I agree. I and what you that. said about uh, this can be very much done, and, and I teach this in a secular way, which means not spiritual and mm-hmm. not religious. I think that's an important thing as well, that this is a practice that can really be open to anybody, regardless of if they have a faith or not, or what kind of faith they have. I totally agree, of course, because I've been through your, your program. So one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is there's so much negative gloom and doom everywhere, but there are positive things coming out of this too. And one seems to me to be that we're seeing great examples of how compassionate people can be and how giving. 
And at the same time, I'm hearing from people that they're not sure what they can do if they're locked down in their home, but they want to help or they want to do something. And of course, we all know that doing something, giving, contributing makes us feel better too, which I think is important while people are isolated. So I'm just wondering if you have any suggestions about that, what they could do. Oh, well, that's a good question because just last night I was teaching one of my uh, facilitator training cohorts and I asked them the question, I did a poll and I said, with all of this going on with the COVID situation, are you finding more acceptance for introducing mindfulness to the workplace? Because I've heard a lot of anecdotal evidence about mm -hmm. it. And so it was great. 70% of the group said just in the last few weeks, the barrier has come down. The acceptance is there. So we're all saying now is the time. If you've been wanting to introduce it to other people, now's the time to do it. And yeah, so I train and certify people to become mindfulness facilitators in the workplace. That's fantastic. Um, I am seeing the same thing. Good. Everything that we do related to mindfulness is just skyrocketing. Good. And so I very much feel the same way. Like, okay, I'm so happy that people are open to something that could be so beneficial. And so glad all of us in this community have the platforms available to start supporting people and helping people. So back to your certification program, because we do have people that have some downtime right now, and we're about to move into a little new arena of maybe this is the time for self-development or to reflect on what your current career is, and is that a good fit for you now? <laughs> Things like that. So I thought it'd be great if you could share some information about the Calm Monkeys certification program and how it works. Sure. Oh, there's a few things I'd love to talk about. Basically, I guess the question I get is, what is it that I'm teaching? Because a lot of people want to introduce this to the workplace or mm -hmm. to the community, but they're not sure how. And they certainly really aren't um, up for becoming a meditation teacher and taking years of training and spending thousands of dollars. So mindfulness facilitation is what fills that gap. And what I teach is a very practical, completely online rubber hits the road training, basically. So if somebody is already experienced in mindfulness and meditation, like maybe they've taken some courses before, or they've been practicing a while, or they've been studying it or reading a lot of books, but basically if they have that foundation mm -hmm. of personal experience and some knowledge about it, they can introduce it to other people. So the course is about 25 hours long, and it's all online, and it provides a training course to learn all about what is it you actually do, the practical aspects of how do you introduce it to a workplace? How do you get approval? Maybe it's a business case that you have to do. How do you design a program? What works? What doesn't work? How do you get the respect from people to do a proper program? Um, what are the risks involved from a facilitation point of view as mm -hmm. well as from a participant point of view? How do you uh, do surveys and collect all the benefits? Mm -hmm so people know what the benefits are and you can show that to management. So it's really practical. I do not teach people how to practice mindfulness and practice meditation because I assume they already know that when they come to me. Right, yeah. yeah. And I can vouch for the program, it's great. Very oh, effective. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. If you're interested in sharing this, if you could talk a little bit about how your mindfulness practice is supporting you through the current disruption. Absolutely. Well, it's always been a, a very big part of my life ever since I had my cancer situation in 2010. But certainly this, what we're going through right now is so unprecedented. And I'm finding that I need to meditate a lot more. 
So when the going gets tough, if you're really busy, if you're really stressed, that's when meditation helps out so much more. And from a mindfulness perspective, it's really interesting to kind of observe uh, myself and what I'm going through and recognizing mm -hmm. emotions and reactions as simply emotions and reactions. It's not who I am. It's not going to be forever. Mm -hmm. It comes and goes. It changes all the time. And just having kind of the non-judgment. I mean, it's so easy to kind of look at the media or the leaders yeah. of our countries and, and kind of think, oh, you know, why are they doing that or whatever it might be. But that's where the non-judgment piece of mindfulness comes in. So you can observe with interest and curiosity and not get as angry, perhaps, about what's going on. So it's, it's really helped me level out. There's lots of different kinds of meditation practices and the ones that really help my mind, there's types that help your mind stay busy so you mm -hmm. don't have to actually calm your mind. Anyway, there's lots to know and it really yeah. helps me. I'm sure it's helping you through all of this too. Oh yeah, and I'm really having to um, strengthen my non-judgment on certain days. <laughs> like, I'm just I've had days where it's like, oh, you're judging, that. you know, you're judging. It's so funny because I was, uh, you know, my staff is all remote now. And so I'm here alone with all the empty desks and computers and chairs and everything, which is, mm -hmm. so my day starts, I have to start right away being very mindful and just observing again. Okay, yes, I miss having staff here, but we're connected, you know, online. Mm -hmm. So there's this constant little adjustment. But today, when I walked in, I, you know how you put something somewhere, you know, in a room, and then you don't see it after a while. And I happened to notice a, something I had framed that was up on a bookshelf. That is a Wayne Dyer quote, which is, peace is the result of retraining your mind to process life as it is, rather than as you think it should be. Mm. And I thought, I must have needed that today. <laughs> I just need to remember. <laughs> Yeah, this is not how any of us want it, but we can't have it the way we want it right now. So right. I absolutely, I know mindfulness has um, supported me so well over the last few weeks. I don't normally get anxious and I've had just like this sort of low level anxiety every day. It's almost like waiting for the next thing to happen. And wow, so then, yeah. you know, a few deep breaths and a little time quieting, a little meditation, and then I'm ready to go again. So very I, I would agree with that. That's what's happened with me as well. This level of anxiety that normally isn't there. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not used to that. Mm -mm, and me either. I keep like, yeah. what's wrong with me? It's like, oh, I'm human. <laughs> I'm mm -hmm. feeling anxious. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and what's really interesting, the facilitator community, I've, I've reminded them to practice self-compassion. Yes. Because they're so, and wonderfully so, they're so excited and, and, you know, motivated to get out there and go online and run mindfulness sessions online for people. And they're doing it and making huge progress. But I'm, I'm always thinking you need to look after yourself as well. Yeah. yeah. And I agree with that. We're really struggling with that because the need is really great. It's like on every front. Oh, I could help here. I could help here. And then mm. my staff is getting the cycle now. I'll do that for three or four days. And then I'm like, that's it. And I have to <laughs> stop and like hibernate you know, yeah. to allow myself, which is not the best way to do it, but it's, it is in a, in a situation like this, there's a strong desire to do it, mm -hmm. but we do need to remember self-compassion and self-care because, you know, mm -hmm. if we burn out, we can't help anybody. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. definitely. Are there any other tips that you might have for people as they navigate through this or any suggestions of just good self-care practices that you found helpful for yourself? Oh, there's thousands. <laughs> Which one do I pick? I mean, you know, I think 
especially new practitioners or people that have maybe not done this so much mm -hmm. before, the grounding with the breath is the most powerful thing and the easiest thing to do. So what I mean by that is all throughout the day when you can catch yourself and remember to do, mm -hmm. just take three breaths, like just stop what you're doing. You don't have to close your eyes, but you could. And just pay attention to your breath and feel the aliveness of your body when you do that. And that brings you into presence, right? And yeah. then one other thing I'd like to just share, another simple practice is you can take your right hand and put it over your heart. This is a, a really simple self-compassion exercise. So you put your hand over your heart and press, put some pressure there mm -hmm. and just feel that, the power of that. And you're kind of looking after yourself that way. That's really I love that. I love yeah. that. I've been telling a lot of people to breathe. Like they're, they're mm -hmm. too, they're too anxious almost to calm down enough to just like maybe sit in meditation or something. Mm -hmm. But I've been just, all throughout the day and I've had people putting or, or telling them or suggesting to them that they put up sticky notes if they need to, like they're working from home, put it on the computer, mm -hmm. set, the, set the alarm on their phones, you know, maybe every two hours to just stop and take those breaths. So of course yeah. we're on the same page, but yeah, I agree. If someone's interested in further pursuing mindfulness facilitation or mm -hmm. mindfulness meditation, or if they are still working in a company, I'm thinking of all the hospital workers, which, you know, they're so mm -hmm. stressed, but I know there's a lot of it happening in hospitals now, but what would be the first step? How would they go about checking you out, contacting <laughs> you, finding out more information? Oh, thanks. Uh the, probably the best thing to do is start at my website. So my okay. business name is called The Calm Monkey. So the website is thecalmmonkey.com or they can email me at wendy at thecalmmonkey.com. I'm on, I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook. And I just want to say, you know, it, it's amazing how many different kinds of people become facilitators. They don't even have to be working in a company. 50% of my students are actually entrepreneurs or they have a little side business going. 50% are employees. Um, and sometimes they're just people who are retired or, you know, stay-at-home moms that want to help the community. So it can really be anybody as long as they have that personal foundation of practice already. Yeah, that's true. Excellent yeah. point. And I think we yeah. need more facilitators, not only to get us yeah. through this, but when this is over, mm -hmm. there's going to be a lot of a new kind of stress <laughs> adjusting to what comes yeah, next. And so. Absolutely. Well, there's a big surge right now. People are, the barriers down, like I said, people yeah. are more interested to try it. Mm -hmm. And that's just going to keep growing. I mean, the research yeah. shows it's just growing because more people just see the power it has. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us today and providing us all this great information. And mm. maybe we'll check in again in a couple of months and, and we can talk about something from a lighter perspective. So. Yeah, that would be nice. Thank you, Teresa. Great. Thank you. Stay okay. well. As Wendy mentioned, one of the simplest exercises you can practice is simply taking three deep breaths. Check in with yourself right now. How do you feel? Any tension? Anxiety? Let's sit comfortably straight, feet flat on the floor. Lower your gaze or close your eyes. Take in a nice cleansing breath through the nose and slowly exhale through the mouth. 
Let's take another one. In through the nose, out through the mouth. And one more time. In and exhale. Now check in again. How do you feel? Notice any lessening of tension or anxiety? Let's close by placing our hand over our heart and pressing against our chest. Send loving thoughts to yourself as you do this. You've been handling a lot over the past few weeks and you deserve love and compassion. How great are you? Take three deep breaths several times a day, regardless of your circumstances. Just make it a habit to pause a few times throughout your days and consciously breathe. It's a simple act of self-compassion which will only help you be more compassionate toward others. And that's something we all need every day. Life offers too many rich opportunities to just survive it, even during challenging times. Our intention is to support you in thriving through a life of purpose and meaning. Until next time, remember to be mindful. To watch the interview with Wendy and any of our other guests, please visit our website at worktoliveproductions.com. And you can find out more about Wendy's certification program at thecalmmonkey.com. Please subscribe to A Mindful Moment with Teresa McKee wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Please rate this podcast so that others can find us. Follow us on social media at Work to Live. A Mindful Moment is written and hosted by Teresa McKee. The Spanish version is translated and recorded by Paola Tile. Intro music, Retreat by Jason Farnham. Outro music, Morning Stroll by Josh Kirsch, Media Right Productions. Meditation music, Angel's Dream by Akash Gandhi. This podcast is produced by Work to Live Productions. Thank you for tuning in.